Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It can't be his team if he, he had one great playoff. In my memory, he's had one great playoff game, first game of this series. Otherwise, he's been MIA. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, you're in year seven, man. Like, why are you even making those fouls in game two? And last night was embarrassing for Cat. When you take four shots, Key, as a dude that signed a rookie max extension for $158 million, four shots on eight points. You have the same amount of fouls as you do rebounds, Key. Five yeah, fouls good. to five rebounds. What yeah. are we doing? <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to our world, everybody. Little, Welcome little, to our world. Keyshawn J. Sampling. Jesus. little sampling there of what the, the national media is. And by the way, I don't know if you guys, how late you guys stayed up last night, but uh, old Macadac went down to the uh, hotel snack bar, grabbed a grabbed a couple little snacks and a, another thing of wine to to wind down for the night. And I caught the so after the late game was over, the TNT crew went back to the highlights. So this is like you know almost one o'clock in the morning Central Time, and Charles Barkley and I don't know if there's clips of it because it happened you know in the middle of the night. Right. Charles Barkley just eviscerated Carl Anthony Towns again. Just like they, they wound up giving him, they usually give him like, all right, here's a, you know, a minute of Chuck. And they, they give the infinity sign and said, Chuck, the floor is yours. And Shaq said, I am, I am giving my time to you. And Chuck just absolutely eviscerated town. So that's, that's what the national talking heads are saying this morning and late last night about that Timberwolves and cap performance. And it's hard earned, well-deserved. Congratulations, Wolves. Like they do everything that they get. And by the way, the saddest thing, but this is so us is today, from the games last night, the Timberwolves will be, and Cat in particular, the main talking point nationally. And they deserve it. It was gutless. It was heartless. It was disgusting. It was everything that you could possibly go through. And I'll say what I said on our postgame vent line last night. I feel for the fans. Those fans showed up, man. They showed up. And they gave the Wolves a home court advantage. And the wolves proceeded to pee down their pant leg, led by their supposed star. Like I, I feel bad for you. You didn't yeah. deserve that, fans. Yeah, I, uh, I woke up this morning, and this is like, you know, I'm definitely the most of all the Minnesota sports teams. Like, I can keep an emotional distance from most of them for whatever reason. I've always had a soft spot, as you guys know, for the Timberwolves. And I think it's not that I thought they were gonna like steamroll through the rest of the series. I mean, Declan had Wolves in four. Are you still Wolves in six? Are you Wolves in six? 
No? <laughs> Memphis and Five? <laughs> I am out on, on this collection of Timberwolves. <laughs> but I woke up this morning still just as mad, and I'll even use the word apoplectic. Like I, I felt this morning waking up how Stephen A. Smith feels all the time. Like, like, you ever turn on, uh, you know, first take, you're flipping through channels, and, like, Stephen A. is just using big words condescendingly <laughs> about the New York Knicks. You know, this is an unmitigated disaster. This is, like, like I felt like Stephen A. Smith felt waking up this morning, just like, and, and I, I mean, I woke up to, like, four text messages early in the morning from friends who are Wolves fans confused the same way. Like, um, I don't know how you process what happened last night, A., and B, how do you even get up for game four? Like as a fan, as a player, I get that it's your job as a player. You're being paid millions of dollars and you're going to go back into the ring and you're going to fight and you're going to punch. But like Memphis owns your soul after that game. And you got John Morant clowning the Wolves, retweeting things when he gets back to his hotel room last night. Like I don't even know what you do after that game as a fan or as a player. Like there's still a ton of series left, but like, what are you supposed oh. to do after that? I have no idea what fans do. Um, I do know that the Wolves, I, I think, now are very close to having to make a very, very big decision about the direction of this team, which, you know, clearly can be led by Ant. But uh, as we discussed last night, I mean, the stunts that Carl Anthony Towns is pulling in the most important games, they're not like small drop-offs. They're not like things that look as Christian uh, Ponder and Les Frazier used to say, easily correctable. They are things that look like massive problems. So I, I think the bigger question, one is I can't, I don't know what, I think you need to do what is between you and God for game four. <laughs> I just think for like that, me, I just, I need to handle my business. The way I think that you I need, need to, to <laughs> exactly right. I think you need to do what you need to, I don't, to I don't do. even want to, I want, I mean, you might want to keep four. it to yourself. I don't even know, but, um, but, I think that's a great question. What are, What is this team going to do as a franchise? Yeah. Like this stuff with Cat is, one, now it's not a blip. It's, it's you know, what, four years back. Uh, he disappeared for huge chunks against the Rockets, yeah. <laughs> I, I looked it up last night. The first two games against the Rockets, he no-showed. And mm -hmm. then he actually came back in the next three and scored some points. He wasn't great, but he scored some points. And then in, in the playing game, he disappeared completely. Um, and in game one, he came back and played well. And in games two and three, he is now again. And last night, and, and here's the thing. So here's where I think you actually have a decision though, um, beyond the box score. I think where you have a decision is the Clippers play in game. And last night in particular, he melts down so badly and in such a childish fashion that it is flat out, not professional. Like, it's not doable. Like, I if I was an executive or I owned a team, I can't do that. I can't watch that. Like, it's one thing if you're going to struggle and you're going to do it like a man. But if you're going to turn into a 12-year-old kid, mm -hmm. and, and by the way, now, you're not young. Like, it's not like you're always oh, 20, 21, which is what we told the TNT guys back after, after the Rocket Series. But at his age now, um, I can't do this. Like, I can't watch this and be like, I'll just come back next year. Not gonna change. Yeah, no, I think uh, I mean we're, we can incorporate just like a a smattering of feedback Friday here too, which is usually what we do the whole show on on Fridays. Um, but 
I had a lot of people last night, social media, email, the you know the feedback through the Score North app, still saying like, you know, you you got to be kidding me with this cat trade talk. You you guys are way ahead of this. Like this is you know it's it's ridiculous to talk about trading Carl Anthony Towns. Well, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you have to make a decision on a super max contract this off season. And if and if he makes the All NBA, let's say right. second team or something, yes, then he gets even more money. Yep. So. I guess, I guess, well, you know, can we actually, can we fire up a pie chart of blame here? Because I, I, yeah. some of the things I'm going to say are going to be, I think, applicable to the pie chart of blame. I woke up and just threw a pie in the oven, just, just, just piping hot right now. Old pissed off pie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? So uh, this this pie chart of blame is presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You know, they're all about risk management, helping businesses become as successful as they can be. You know, they're partners with the Timberwolves. I'm not sure if I would be waving that flag high this morning, but, you know, they've had a long-time partnership with the Timberwolves and Score North, and we love them. Um, they're here to help businesses maximize their success. You can find a full list of industries Federated works in at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, four slices of pie. And we're going to start from the bottom real quick and work our way up. There's two sort of small slices and then two chunks. Let's start with 10% to D'Angelo Russell. And I know what people are going to say. Well, what do you mean he woke up last night? You know, he, in fact, he single-handedly, I think, you know, he was the only guy awake in the third quarter at points while the Timberwolves were trying to build that lead back up. I mean, he was instrumental in doing that, right? And that's fine. That's you know that's why he's getting only ten percent and not like forty or fifty percent. He did not score in the fourth quarter. I don't. I don't know how you can watch Memphis go on a twenty-one zero run, sixteen zero off the top of the fourth quarter, and I don't think he was in the game for all of those points. But like he did not score in the fourth quarter. Now, to his credit, he was going up and down the first time Memphis tried to chip away in the in the second quarter when they dwindled what a twenty six point lead down to seven. Dela was going, and maybe you have some thoughts on this because you were sitting courtside, Judd, in press row. Dela was going up and down the bench at one point during a timeout huddle because guys were having little side conversations and you know not paying full attention, and he was saying, "Hey, this is when they were up by like twenty five points," and he was saying, "Hey, focus, lock this in." So I do credit D'Lo for being the, hey, let's focus guy. But obviously when you don't show up in the fourth quarter when your team needs you and you're melting down and you're one of the leaders of this team, you got to get dinged. It's crunch time. Fourth quarter stats for D'Angelo Russell. 850 played, 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 on threes, 1 assist, and a plus minus minus 12. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it was a non- factor in fourth quarter yep and that's a, that's a problem yep. all right i'm, I'm actually going to give uh 10 to malik beasley this might be kind of a drive-by but uh when memphis was going on runs last night the wolves offense frequently just devolved into malik beasley chucking threes and uh also he you know he just generally plays very little defense and last night it was even worse but it's like guy like have a little self-awareness sometimes when it's going well as it did a couple times earlier in the playoffs here you like to ride that hot hand, but like sometimes you need to just pump the freaking brakes and help get the ball to somebody who can get to the free throw line or get a layup or something. So I'm giving 10% to the lack of self-awareness of Malik Beasley, both offensively and defensively, when the Memphis Grizzlies were going on those runs. All right. Now we get to the real chunks of pie. 
Forty mm-hmm. percent to Chris Finch. Okay. So Chris Finch watched Memphis go on a twenty-one nothing run late in that game mm-hmm. and did nothing. Mm-hmm. He did not call a timeout. The Timberwolves had three timeouts left during that early fourth quarter run. Memphis, let me find this real quick. Memphis, with less than three minutes to go in the in the third quarter, was down seventy nine to fifty four. Twenty five point deficit with less than three minutes to go in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. They had a lead before the halfway point of the fourth quarter, and Chris Finch did not call a timeout. Also, the Wolves seem completely shocked and overwhelmed by the inevitable Memphis runs. Like, why is your team letting off on the gas and shocked that Memphis would throw a counterpunch? Like, how are you unprepared to handle that moment, especially at home? So as much good karma and goodwill as he's built up, I think he's been an excellent coach. It's kind of like Mike Zimmer in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles where you're like, oh, oh, I don't know if you can, like, I don't know if you can just brush that one off. Like, we can't unsee the Eagles with a backup quarterback racking up, what, 38 unanswered points or whatever it was. Like, you can't unsee what happened in Game 3, him not calling a timeout to try and intervene and stop it when his team was begging him for help. Well, right, and the thing about it is when his team gets flustered, and there's a large, large fluster factor here, um, they're not good enough to undo the momentum by themselves. Mm -hmm. So why he wouldn't have you? I mean, nobody... Nobody got it. Like, there was nobody. I, I am yet to talk to a person who says, well, here's why you wouldn't call a timeout there. Nobody understands why you wouldn't try and help. Like, somebody, that's the thing is the bleeding started, and it started with, it was like a paper cut. And it's like, okay, we'll get this un- under control. And the next thing you know, it was like a geyser of blood pouring from the Timberwolves' lifeless body, and no one had done a damn thing. That's what I don't understand about that that, that sequence. And, like, you would think that coaching at some point would step in and be like, okay, let's just at least end this run right now. Allow my team to regroup because they're mm-hmm. flustered. And he, and they do have a lot of guys that get flustered. He like, pulled like the same a- crap in that Clippers game, too. The first half of that Clippers game, yeah. the Wolves are up by, like, 13 or 14 points. And the Clippers go on a run to wipe it all away, I think, in the second quarter. It's like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? And the actually, the only guy to defend it was Shaq on the TNT postgame show. You know, Shaq, he's like, you know, well, listen, man, you don't call timeout. Phil Jackson didn't call timeout. Oh, well. Phil ja- it's like, and, and so <laughs> Kenny stepped in and he's like, dude, or maybe it was Chuck. I think it was Chuck. Stepped in and he's like, Shaq, you're one of the greatest players of all time. Kobe was one of the greatest players of all time. Phil Jackson's letting you guys figure it out because you can figure it out. You're going right. to figure it out. These guys clearly can't figure it out. They're like, they're, they're gassed. They're getting overwhelmed. They don't have a Shaq and a Kobe yet, anyways. Their star players so, pouting. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, why, 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 are you calling on? why are you doing that to me? Well, let's get to the final slice of pie. It is the pouting star player, 40% to Carl Anthony Towns for being soft, for having the maturity and emotional intelligence of a 12 year old, for pulling the next question act in the post game press conference and deflecting blame. Everything about Cat's performance and behavior is regrettable lately. And in three of the four biggest games of the season, when you need him the most, when you need his performance, you need his you need his behavior to be in check. Like we're talking about a freaking 12-year-old here. And he has let you down in three of these last four games. If I were his teammate or coworker, I would feel differently about him today, justified, than I did a month ago. 
know, I had some people asking, like, well, wait, wait a second. You know, you guys were touting him as the best three-point shooter, you know, big man three-point shooter, yeah. and you guys have been praising yes. him. Absolutely. Yes. You know what, though? When new information comes in, we reserve the right, or I'll just speak for myself, to change my opinion. And we've always had questions about, okay, once you really, like, okay, once you get into a series again and you, and defense ratchets up and adversity starts to hit, how will he react? And you've been more skeptical than I have, to your credit. You were right. Um, I don't know how you can't feel differently about him today than you did three or four weeks ago. Like it's and it's and it's yeah. okay to feel differently about him today than you did three or four weeks ago because you've seen things that you can't unsee. I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on the Rocket series based on his age, and I think the national guys weren't. I think Jimmy Butler was not. But I said, but I was among the group that said, well, he's super talented. Um, but I mean, yeah, what we have seen now at his age with his experience, inexcusable, and. It's not going to change. And the other thing, too, is and I think this gets I think people get confused at times. Not all people, but some people get confused at times by this. We are going to hammer on potential star or very talented players if they don't live up to expectations like Kirk Cousins. If I thought he he was ponder, I wouldn't give a damn. I'd be like, well, he just sucks. Um so I think people get confused about, well, you said this guy's good or you like the signing. Yes, and my expectations went through the roof. And when my expectations are through the roof, and look, when it comes to Cat's talent, my expectations should be. Like, they should be extremely high because he is phenomenal. But his inability to process situations, to be mature, um, to I, I mean, the guys that came on Ventline last night nailed it again. He's acting like a grade school kid, okay? He deserves everything he gets now. And what I'm saying is I think if if this is what you're going to do, if you're this good and yet you're going to pull the stunts in big games that he is pulling, I don't think it's salvageable at his age because he's not going to, to change and this is going to drag everybody down around him and that's never going to change. Can the Wolves make the playoffs now? Absolutely. But can they ever be a factor with the way that Carl acts? No way. Yeah. Kill him. And that's another thing, too, because, you know, well, well, what do you mean? He, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs if not for Carl Anthony Towns. And while that is true, okay, they've made the playoffs now, and now pretty quickly, like, you got you to gotta try and keep up here, right? Like, pretty quickly, the conversation has to turn toward, okay, what happened in the playoffs, and then what is the next rung on the ladder, and how do you get there? And I don't know how anyone with a straight face can look me in the eye and say, no, Carl is going to be the central figure for why you get to the next rung and the next rung with the way that he has performed and behaved. That dude shot the ball four times last night, was was pouting and taken out of the game because of foul trouble again. Like, this is a pattern. I think he had the second most fouls in the NBA this season. He's seven years into the league, and he can't figure out how to stay in a game when the opponent puts yeah. some pressure on him. Like, and, and, and just on the press conference thing, so Johnny Krasinski is one of the best local NBA reporters in the country. Like he's respectful. He's not a gotcha journalist. In fact, he's been so fair in some of the stories he's written about Carl Anthony Towns over the years, writing about his mother and stuff like, and John asks cat a very fair. And I would even argue like not softball, but like, it was like a really easy question. Hey, cat, you know, only four shot attempts, you know, what kind of went into 
And I think I didn't even think he got the full question now. He was going to ask, like, what kind of went into the way that, you know, what were you kind of seeing out there that made it hard to get shots off? And Cat cuts him off and says, next question. No eye contact, nothing. Dude, you're a coward. Like, wow. you're a clown show. Treat people with respect. Own up to the way that you fell short. And stop pulling the next question bit because you've seen it on, you know, NBA TV postgame coverage. Like, dude. You're, it's just it makes me, his behavior makes me cringe and makes me sick. Yeah, it's gutless. Like that's the problem is when a moment gets big, it's gutless. It's completely mm. it's it's the anti ant. An ant is twenty, and that is that's the problem. And ant missed a couple big free throws too, but like again, he, he's you know he did. It, but what but what does ant say when things go go wrong? Ant says and still keeps his personality about him. He doesn't become a pouting, sniveling child. That's the thing here. Like, I mean, this guy literally now is Pouty Cat. He's Pouty Cat. That's what he is. He, I, he, I mean, I think that bothers me. I think his actions bother me in that sense more than the box score. The mm-hmm. box score bothers me. His actions disgust me. Because, mm-hmm. dude, you've got all the talent in the world. And, like, here's the thing, too. If Cat is so obser- observational of, like, stars and, like, what guys do and the press conference stunts, does he realize that championship star players are wired to be the the complete polar opposite of how he's acting. Mm-hmm. No, like, he doesn't. He doesn't realize that because he's. But I mean, how do how are you that oblivious? And I I agree. I don't think he, he does. But how are you that oblivious to what the DNA of a championship player is? I mean, these guys are cold blooded assassins. Uh, the playoffs in in hockey in basketball they're hell. Like they mm-hmm. are hell. They're not supposed to be fun. Like. The reason why when when you get handed the L-O-B that you're like almost in tears and celebrating and it's so much fun is because what has led up to that is hell. Yeah. Here, this is, here's another sort of sociological observation about Carl Anthony Towns. He doesn't – the only thing he does with conviction is complain about officiating. When you watch him in these big games, like – you can tell how insecure and unsure about himself that he is. He's not playing basketball with a game plan of, okay, I'm going to attack the defense this way based on what I've observed in the first two games, or I know that they're going to do this. Like He's he's constantly getting wrapped up in the emotion and in the yeah. energy of the moment. He's totally unable to put, as our you know sports psychology friend George Mumford once said, he can't put any space between what's happening and his reaction to it. And I don't know how you can fix that when you're like, you know, you know, I'm sure he still has some time to mature as a human being. But like, I don't know that the wolves have time to wait for it anymore. Like, dude, you're either you're either locked in and you're growing as a human and as a player or you're actively holding your team back. Can you imagine the conversations that his coworkers and teammates are having about him behind his back today? Like, can you like if if you had a coworker melt down on the level that he has in three of these four games, would you not be like? texting and emailing and like well what's this guy's deal i I think the key thing there is ant probably too because ant wants to win championships and and i think that he is wired to do to be on a championship team Mm -hmm. um and and i think that he's got the potential again now he's young he's 20 i think he has the potential to be a guy that leads a championship team um and if i saw what we have seen in the clippers game and then Again, last night, if I'm Ant, I'm asking myself a lot of questions about if this is a place I want to be long-term partnered with a, a guy. And the worst part is, is there are times, of course, as we've all seen in the season, 
where Carl Anthony Towns looks like he is 100% a championship player. Uh, so, so that's the scary thing because now like you're looking behind the curtain and it is ugly. And if I'm, if I'm ant, that concerns me. And if I'm the wolves, it concerns me that I know ant is concerned about. Yeah. That. And I would, like, I would be more worried about cats insecure and childish demeanor and behavior shipwrecking this and rubbing off on Anthony Edwards over the next couple of years. Like I would be more worried about that and then putting a glass ceiling on Anthony Edwards development than I would be about trading cat and getting like, and being like regretting it. Right. Now, I, I don't think we're dealing with a Kevin Garnett situation here or a David Ortiz situation where you're going to ship someone off and they're going to flourish and win championships. I think if you were to trade Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's going to put up, he's either going to have to be the third guy on a borderline championship team. And I would, at this point, I would have major questions about his ability to even do that. Or he's just going to be a 25-12 and 12 guy on a team that wins 30 games. But that, to me, that's sort of the future that he's staring at, unless there's a drastic turnaround in behavior. Beyond Cat, I also hate the fact, and it, it starts with Cat, but I hate the fact that this team is so mentally fragile, especially with, with Pat Bev there. But as a collection, when things start to, to go wrong, they they pull the ultimate meltdown. Like they nobody comes unraveled like the wolves do. It is unbelievable. And and I think that the problem last night too, and because Cat was so bad, I think roles get screwed up. Um Beasley, who at times has been great, at times has been bad. But last night, I think he started to jack up shots because everyone was hyper-ventilating and trying to stop the run, mm-hmm. that he just started to jack up shots arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no plan. And I, I blame Finch as well. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody, how how can you think that you have a team that can even approach winning a playoff series, forget a championship, when it's as mentally fragile and comes undone? Like, at the first sign of trouble, these guys come unglued. Game two. I mean, I understand you lost game two, and I really don't have a big problem with that. But to go back to what I said that night, I have a major problem with how you lost. You got your drawers blown off. And then when the shoe was on the other foot last night and you had your chance and you had every chance to put Memphis to bed, like you could have won by 30. You you weren't able to do exactly what Memphis did to you, which was bury you. That's, I mean... Just the overall mental weakness and fragility, and I do think it starts with Cat, but overall, including Chris Finch, really concerned me. Because, again, you're not going to win. You're not going to get near a playoff series win being this mentally unstable as a team. Yeah. So that's your that's your pie chart of blame right there for one of the most embarrassing losses in the history of an embarrassing franchise over the last 30 years. So real quick before we before we say goodbye here and get on to uh, Roycey Judd's Hockey Show, Purple Daily for the day. Game four is tomorrow. <laughs> like, there's going to be a game four, and then there's going to be a game five. We're guaranteed a game four, game five. Do the Wolves have a chance to win still? I, 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 I'm that's, that's what I'm having a hard time with here is they, they were good enough to build a 26-point lead and then a 25-point lead, right? They're, they're clearly talented enough and good enough to build leads. I just don't know how you come back from this. I, it feels like Memphis in five at this point, and even if the Wolves steal a game, I, we can't unsee what we saw. So yeah, I I'm just like mentally having a hard time figuring out what's going to happen here. And they're going to take forward. and they're going to take today off. I I want to go tomorrow because I, I feel like a sports 
coroner and I have to go examine the body? Because uh, I don't know. It's a really good question. Like, I have no idea. I I mean, it's like, a, for lack of a bit better analogy, it's like a huge storm blew through the town and the damage has to be assessed. I can't it, answer your question. It's it's no different than this year's Vikings teams, dude. It, it's they've built leads. They looked great. They they had the, they had the formulas of winning a football game early, but they couldn't close things out. Same applies to basketball. You can get up 15, 20 points, and you can look like the best team in the NBA in the first quarter, but if you can't close out a half, if you can't close out a game, and the other team has superior players, and you don't know how to lock that down, that's on you. I, Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I don't think, maybe they can steal one more, but the glass half full of like, well, we had two 20-point leads. Yeah, and you blew them. Both. Both of them. I'm out. Are they going to come back mad? Are they going to come back defeated? I mean, I just have no idea. I'm so interested in the mental state of the entire team. Not, not really. Carl, I, I think I what I well, but Carl, Carl is the Carl is the central figure Wait. for what's going to happen the rest of the series. And I don't think, I don't think he has a zero dark thirty gear. I don't think he has a gear where he just he kind of did it in game one. But I don't think it's a consistent. Th- it, it's it is work for him to avoid getting flustered. He has to actively work to avoid getting flustered, and you can't keep that up. It has to be a natural part of your behavior and personality yeah. where you just, you just listen, I lock it in, I block out external factors, and I go to work. That's not his natural state. So even though he can fake it for a game or two, man, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll Sports just maybe, maybe I'll look like a total idiot when they come back and win the series in six games or something. But no. Scalpel? <laughs> I gotta examine the bull's body. I don't know what's gonna slice until I do. I don't know. We we gotta look at the brain. Oh man! All right. Well, that was that was fairly therapeutic. If you guys missed Wolves vent line, it was ninety minutes. We brought a bunch of sad, angry, depressed Timberwolves fans, and you can check that out on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed or the Score North YouTube channel. Please click subscribe and the like button so we can spread the word about these therapy sessions. We'll see you guys.